This is the official Notre Dame football postgame show presented by St. Joseph Health System. Brought to you by Coca-Cola, Sirius XM, Chili's, Papa Vino's, South Bend Orthopedics, South Bend Airport, West Bend Insurance, Centier Bank, and ABC 57 News. Also by Pet Refuge, Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger, OSMC, and the Food Bank of Northern Indiana. Boston College on their own 48-yard line. Emmett Moorhead, two pass catchers to his right, two to his left. Sets up the screen pass. And a diving catch by Notre Dame, Benjamin Morrison. Three interceptions on the day. On the screen, the pass was deflected, and Benjamin Morrison came darting up from his corner spot in a sliding catch. Three interceptions for Benjamin Morrison today, the uh, the most for an Irish player since Harrison Smith had three against Miami in the 2010 Sun Bowl. Been a little bit of time, hasn't it? It's the official Notre Dame football postgame show presented by St. Joseph Health System here on Sunny 101.5 and Sports Radio 960 WSBT. A uh, huge day all around for, uh, for multiple Irish players. Of course, I'm Jimmy Rosari. Reggie Brooks joining me as well. Uh, that was fun, wasn't it, Reg? <laughs> well, all I can say is, like, you know, where was this run game last week? Yeah, right. You know, this is, you know, it's, I don't know what it's going to take to process, you know, that's that's the identity of this football team, in particular this offense, is a physical um, physical running football team. Uh, and, you know, and I, I will say this. Not a fan of the draw play concept or draw steps. Just hand on the ball and run downhill. You know, drop step and go. So yeah. that again, when when you put estimate, you know, going downhill, he's that's when he's at his best. And and, and even Logan Diggs in this regard, again, they're better when they're you know got a little bit of a steam head of steam going into the handoff versus you know, kind of slide step and, and that draw concept. I think, again, that's that's not a physical brand of football in, in my mind. Yeah. Uh, Logan Diggs did set the uh, tone early as far as the running game went. That uh, that first run for 51 yards just right up the middle, too. Uh, I was like, okay, it's, this is how today's going to go. All right. I'm, I'm okay with this. I'm all right with it. And that's, and that, again, you know, it's it's – it's interesting that you know you you again. I, I look at I look at flow and 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 how how a team gets into a, a rhythm, especially offensively. And they were in a rhythm, and you know you know I and, and I am a little concerned again that you know and again I know you fourth quarter you had the, the the backups in, but again second half only seven points. You know that's that's a little concerning from the standpoint of you 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 put up you know thirty seven points in the first half and second half we we just not the same energy it's you know I know it was snowing but you got to come out pound the football and and maintain our increase the level of, of aggressiveness and punish somebody. And like I said, you have these guys on the rope, and it's not about running up or anything, but you you got to run your offense. And you know this is a team that needs to 
really, you know, show a, a greater sense of urgency in that second half because it's still not quite, at least in my mind, where you want him to be uh, from a, an effectiveness standpoint. I mean, I don't know how much more of a punishment of, you know, a, a, I mean, it was 37 nothing at halftime. You know, like how much more of a punishment could could you unleash on Boston, on Boston College? They were done. They were done early. Well, again, you look at the second half. I'm, again, I'm just thinking just in regards to getting off to a fast start, but then second half, you, either, there was a lull. You know, you only score seven points in the second half. It was not as not the same as the the Navy Navy game. And hats off to Navy. They beat a uh, you know. UCF uh, this week, so yep. I mean today, so you know it's not like you're playing, you're not playing a, a solid football teams, but we were definitely better in the second half than last week, and I think that there needs to be some emphasis there on you know just continuing the the punishment, if you will, but just continue to play your offense and being being a, being aggressive, being aggressive offensively. Um, in the second half, because that's what I mean. You, you, that's where you had some struggles, and you know. And again, I'm not saying that they necessarily struggled, but you didn't see the same emphasis on you know driving off the ball and and pushing the pushing that defense around like they did in the first half. Let's see. We will break down uh, offense, defense. Uh, Special teams again, kind of a quiet day for special teams, uh, especially on the uh, on the kicking front, which is you know always a good thing. Uh, and uh, of course, Marcus Freeman's post game press conference. We'll hear from some of the players as well, and uh, everything that that usually comes with the official Notre Dame football post game show. We will be back after this timeout here on Sunny 101.5 and Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Notre Dame, no points in the second half last week. They're already up 10-0, threatening to make it more. Drew Pine looking to his left side, throws, touchdown, Matt Salerno. On senior day, the senior goes in. Matt Salerno with that touchdown from uh, from Drew Pine. That, uh, what was it? What what did that make it? Did that make it seventeen nothing, or uh, was that ten nothing? Whichever, uh, seventeen nothing at that point. So uh, yeah, that uh, the offense was off and running at that point, uh, at least for the first half. Uh, Drew Pine, thirteen of twenty five for one hundred fifty six yards, and that touchdown pass, and of course uh, a lot of running game today. That uh, that kind of the the moral of the story, especially as it got later and later. Uh, just less, you know, less risky plays. Quite honestly, as far as that goes, once it once it got up to, uh, you know, thirty-seven nothing at halftime and and forty-four nothing as the final score between Notre Dame and Boston College. The official Notre Dame football post game show rolling on. Jimmy Rosari was with uh, Reggie Brooks. Uh, let's break down uh, the offense here. Uh, as I mentioned, Drew Pine and the uh, the running game. Logan Diggs set the tone early. Uh, he had that big 51-yard run in, uh, you know, right at the start of the game. I was just okay. Let's just keep this going. Uh, he had 15 carries, 122 yards. That uh, a touchdown as well. Audric Estime had 11 carries for 71 yards, two touchdowns. Chris Tyree got in on the action, six carries for 50 yards and a touchdown. Uh, 
it's cool watching the uh, the three-headed beast. Uh, you know, every every head of the beast getting a uh, getting a touchdown. Yeah, and it's good. I'm glad to see um, Chris Tyree. You know, he's going to have to adjust his running style, which he started to do. He's you know he's going to be more develop more of an inside the tackle running style to be a effective in this offense this is where this offense is at its best when it's running between the tackles and you you see that with uh Audric Estime when again when he's going downhill he's at his best uh Logan Diggs does a great job in, in you know running in space or running in traffic and and Chris Tyree you saw some success he has some success in the running game and you know he's adjusting and, and that's the thing about it as this offense continues to adjust and and develop um you know its identity as a you know physical run football team you know and i i can i can appreciate the the situation that um chris tyree is in because you know when i came in i didn't want to really run between the tackles but i adjusted my running style to fit what the the type of offensive run game we were going to have and i see him doing that at least toward the latter part of the runs that he had and 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 that's great, and I love seeing that because that just shows the level of versatility. And when you have three guys that can take the load off of each other, because you know people don't get it. Like I said, every every run, every rush, every carry is is life off of a running back's uh, career as it relates to running. So when you have when you're able to spread it out and be effective, and I don't look at um, get you know games are said necessarily about the box score, if you will. The thing that I look at is what, how did they maximize their attempts? And you look at Logan Diggs, eight, 8.1 yards per carry. Audric, 6.5. Chris Tyree, 8.3. That is when you see the effectiveness of the running game is what are they doing with the carries they get? And in this game, they were extremely effective. Yeah, all together as far as the running game went. Uh, 38 carries, 281 yards, a 7.4 average all across the board. That's crazy. And you have to give props to the offensive line. There were holes. You could have driven a tank through some of those holes that they were setting today. Well, I don't know. That starts with, again, when you develop that comfort level and – the the thing I'm looking to see is the the progression of this offensive line. Right now, again, when you allow them to come off the ball and drive a defender, that's where they're at their best. When they take that next step as they mature and come together and become more of a unit, man, I can't wait. That's when you start running those zone concepts because those guys are in tune with each other and you will see – a more effective running game even more because you're going to be able to, instead of just, you know, running, uh, you know, power run and, um, you know, running downhill and with the drive blocking, when you can mix in effective zone blocking, this is going to be a scary, a scary team uh, as, as the years, as the years progress because this offensive line is little by little becoming developing that confidence that you needed as offensive line, but they're also starting to gel together and work a lot better together as a unit. Eight for 13 on third down. Also, uh, six of seven in the red zone. 
that's 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 pretty good as far as uh, as far as the offense goes uh for me i mean that that's <laughs> that's that's just a a really good day at the office for the offense i i think and uh, some some records set of course michael mayer uh probably his last home game uh at notre dame stadium you know nothing official but you could kind of guess it a little bit, but yeah. uh, you love got to see, got to love seeing him go out with on a high note. You know, last home game and and also Matt Salerno. I mean, oh yeah, you know, I I, I was you know the turf monster got him on that punt return, but man, yeah. he he was close there for a minute. He was close, so it was good to see the senior group, you know, shine in in this regard. Of course, uh, Matt Salerno was returning punts today. Because Brandon Joseph was was uh, was out, he's still out with uh, with the injury, so uh, he was unavailable today. So Matt Salerno stepped in, and he he just had a whale of a game. He had the uh, you know the that one punt return that uh, you know, like you said, turf monster kind of caught him. Uh, just two catches, twenty yards, but one of them one of them a touchdown, and that's pretty good on senior day, you know. Exactly, and you know you 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 want to do, and again I. Uh, you can tell again. There's a level of appreciation from the offense coordinator for that, having gone through it. You know, Tommy understands that. Hey, this is this is it for some of these guys, and to put them in position, um, you know, to, to 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 score a touchdown on your last home game, that, that's special. That's special, and you know, you appreciate that understanding of that, and to have that. That's something Matt Salerno will treasure. Uh, you know. For the rest of his life, you know, and you know, and I, I, I applaud all these guys on, you know, especially the seniors, you know, offensively. You know, we have more seniors on defense, but you look at offensively, you know, the guys that that you know are in that position, they stepped up, and it was good to see them. And you know, Michael Mayer is not a senior, but you know, let's let's be honest, this is it for him. This, know, this is it, yeah. his, this is this is his swan song. So. You know, you, it was good to see him you know, break yet another record, um, and deservingly so. Uh, five catches for Michael Mayer, 64 yards, uh, surpassing 2,000 receiving yards in his career with uh, the two catches in the third quarter. He's the 13th Irish receiver to reach 2,000 yards in a career. He's got 2,001, uh, and he's still got uh, probably another couple of games left. So pretty, uh, pretty good pace. <laughs> I will say I'm I'm a little salty the fact that you know back in the day they didn't count the bowl game like they do now. Yeah, but, that's true. You know you can see this guy, um, and you know definitely creative ways of getting him the ball. You know with the with the with the sweep and the outside run. You know I was I was impressed with you know just the various avenues of getting the ball in his hands. Considering you know hey if you're going to be a, establish yourself as a dominant run 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 offense. You know, you got you got to run downhill and to be able to get him the ball because he's by far your best offensive weapon. Finding ways to get him the ball is, is critical. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, he's gonna make he's gonna make some NFL team really happy on Sundays next year. Uh, so, congrats to Michael Mayer on uh, on on getting to two thousand yards in his uh, in his Notre Dame career. Um, and yeah, that's uh, that's that's pretty much the offense. Uh, you know the the running game, like like we said, 281 yards. That's uh, that's a pretty good day at the office. Drew Pine, 13 for 25, 156 uh, yards, one touchdown, no interceptions. Always good. 
Uh, yeah, that that was probably that looked like the most prepared the offense had looked actually in in out of any game this year. Oh yeah, you know, and this is again you look at, um, and again it started with him, you know, with the short shorter passes. He's still, you know, struggling with you know the, comes the mid range, a lot of overthrows this game, but. Um, you know, when he's in rhythm and I, I just get a sense that he's better on the move. He, yeah. he, he made some really good throws on the move. And I thought so too. I would love to see, you know, him, you know, more rollouts and getting him out of the pocket to where he can, you know, has a better, you know, better sight lines because when he's put in a position where he's, you know, in the pocket, he's, it's a bit of a struggle. You see those balls start to f- kind of uh, float on him, but when he's outside, when he has a good line of sight, he does yeah. a good job of getting yeah. the ball out and getting it to his receivers. Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, yeah, there were there were a, a, a couple of throws, especially uh, in the second quarter, where I was just like, "Oh, he's rolling out. Hey, that, that looks pretty darn good. I like it. All right, Drew. We threw a screen. Yeah, exactly. We threw Throwing a screen. screen. Play. Yeah." So it didn't work, but we threw one. I was I was shocked. Yeah, right. <laughs> I've seen it all year. <laughs> another uh, another feather in the cap for the offensive line today. Zero sacks given up. So that will make Harry Heastan pretty happy, I would imagine, too. So uh, we will start breaking down the defense, and there was just as much good stuff on the defense as there was on the offense. Obviously, you know, pitching a shutout, pitching a shutout today, forty-four nothing. The final score. Uh, we'll start breaking that down a little bit as the official Notre Dame football post-game show continues on Sunny 101.5 and Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Boston College, no hurry whatsoever. Emmett Moorhead, the freshman quarterback, in his third consecutive start, has struggled mightily today. Drops back to the 20. Isaiah Foskey has him, rips him down for the record-breaking sack. All-time leader in sacks at Notre Dame. Isaiah Foskey now wears that title. There it is, number 25 for Isaiah Foskey all-time. And as Paul said, all-time sacks leader, uh, passing Justin Tuck today. And uh, and that's how they went to half, too. So pretty pretty good ex- exclamation point on the, uh, on the first half uh, provided by Isaiah Foskey there. It's the official Notre Dame football postgame show. It is sponsored locally by the Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Center, OSMC, providing orthopedic care to Michiana since 1973. The Food Bank of Northern Indiana, hunger is a story we can end. Learn more at feedindiana.org. Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger, serving Michiana's most favorite pizza since 1978. Pet Refuge, Adopt, Don't Shop, where new beginnings have happy endings. And Centier Bank, Indiana's largest private family-owned bank. Uh, breaking down, breaking down the defense. Of course, you had the uh, the big day for uh, for Isaiah Foskey, uh, getting the uh, the all time sacks record, uh, and he can kind of make that a little bit more unattainable too. Uh, <laughs> with the uh, with the uh, game coming up in against uh, USC, hopefully, hopefully anyway. Uh, big day for Benjamin Morrison too. Three picks. Three picks for Benjamin Morrison, the uh, the first, uh, the most for an Irish player since Harrison Smith did it back in the uh, 2010 Sun Bowl against uh, Miami. Kind of similar conditions that day between those two games, too, right? A little bit, a little bit. And it was good to see, you know. But the thing that just you know really sets the tone is like this is a true freshman. I mean, yeah. this you know 
as he continues to get better, just continues to develop as a player, gain a better understanding of his game and as he matures. I mean, it's uh, it's it's exciting to watch, and again, because he was he was getting beat up a little early in the season, mm-hmm. and you know, I was you know it was one of those just like, oh wow, this is do we really want a true freshman, you know, man in the corner position? But his growth over the last you know three or four or five games has been uh, phenomenal, and you know, you talk about Foskey and the success he's had. You know, we got after the quarterback. I mean, you you yeah. look at you know how this offense defensive line, you know, guys are stepping up. You mentioned Foskey. I mean, he's he's that known commodity. You know, having a, a you know sack and then the fumble recovery. Um, but Justin Adam Adamalola, you know, he was getting in there. You know, um, you you look at you know down Henry Craw- uh, Cross and the success he had getting out the quarterback and um you know it was good to see you know, Xavier Watts you know get in there you know make a great play but we really put it on on the quarterback i mean he he yeah. had i i was i mean and, you know i don't feel sorry for the, the opponent but <laughs> he's feeling bad for that kid i mean yeah, he was. took a pounding yeah 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 9 for and, 22 we got for, after uh, it yeah. Go ahead. And then, like I said, how we how we got after the quarterback, but, you know, you look at shut him down in the run game. I mean, less than two yards of carry. And I know, again, you know, the, the sacks, you know, impacted that number. But, you know, when you're when you're giving up on, on less than three yards per carry, are, that's that's impressive. And we played a, just a solid game across the board defensively. I'd have to say, again, just – all in all, that was the best I think we've looked in in particular defensively because, more importantly, we tackled much better. Mm-hmm. We tackled much better than we had 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 been previously. So that was great to see um, them have that that type of success on the defensive side of the ball. And again, you know, you see guys stepping up, and you know, you see um, Justin out of low. You know, you know, again, people don't get to see it at least from TV all the emotion that goes into that this game mm-hmm. because this is the last home game and you know you got families in everybody's you know there's when you talk about potential for distraction it gets no worse than distractions of having you know and you have all those nerves about this being your last home game and you know you're trying to get everybody situated um so everybody's comfortable and then you got to go out and play a game and yeah. to see this defense to play the way they did and offense as well, but um hats off to this to this group of seniors more than anything else of you know taking in the defense, particularly sweet, you know, because I know they in the broadcast they mentioned, you know, the game back in uh, 93. Um so and again, it's like, you know, why do we always have to go back there? But right. anyway. Uh. You know, Thanks, but, NBC. You know, hey, that's that's where they are. They said, you know, hey, we got, that's fine. <laughs> but to see them in this game in such a fashion, uh, defensively, you know that 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 has to, you know, mentally, physically, emotionally, you, you got to love where this team is right now from a headspace standpoint. 
Absolutely. Four sacks today for the defense. They, uh, they rec uh, caused and recovered a couple of fumbles. You had Benjamin Morrison's three interceptions. Just a turnover-generating machine today, which uh, that's going to come in mighty handy next week. Yes. I, again, and I am – I'm sure we'll talk about this later. I'm the – the least likely person to root for SC in any form or fashion. <laughs> right. But as things stand, I'm painfully rooting for them to win today. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That, that, that looks, that looks it's way not, better. Well, no, <laughs> it's not absolute on that. That's, 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 that's a, as much as it should be absolute, it's not because it's SC. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, but I, you know, you, you look at, you know, guys are healthy because again, I think this is the healthy healthiest this team has been in in, in quite some time. Mm -hmm. And you go into the last game of the season, and you got all your horses with you. So, uh, in your in your your you end the in your home season on a on on a note a high note like this. You know, I, I I'm 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 excited for next week. I'm I'm yeah. like Thanksgiving dinner ready to go. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yep, I, I, I'm. I already know how I'm gonna just be scarfing down leftovers while that game is going on. I, I know where I'm going to sit. I know what's gonna be on the plate. I know what's gonna be on the TV. So <laughs> I've got it all planned already. Uh, I'm, because, I'm right there with you. <laughs> yeah. I, I, uh, most importantly, the the food was actually the first thing that I planned because uh, I I am a fat kid who does love himself some cake. Uh, Defense pitching a shutout today, 44-0. Notre Dame over Boston College. Uh, plenty more still to come. Uh, we've got Marcus Freeman's press conference still to go. We'll hear from some of the players as well. Uh, and we've got the opponent's scoreboard as well. And we've got our, we, we actually do have a tough task this week as far as uh, players of the game. Uh, so... We'll we'll try and we'll try and figure that out too. All is the uh, well, I got to tell you right now, it has uh -huh. to be a senior. It has to oh, be. Oh, absolutely. Senior. Yeah. Whatever uh, that senior is, I don't know, but it, it yeah. has to be a senior. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I'm 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 down with that. Uh yeah, that's all as the official Notre Dame football postgame show presented by St. Joseph Health System rolls on on Sunny 101.5 and Sports Radio 960 WSBT. The official Notre Dame football postgame show. Rolling on at Sunny 101.5 and Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Notre Dame beating Boston College, pitching the shutout today, 44 to nothing. Marcus Freeman talked with the media after the game. Here is his press conference. Warmed up a little bit, huh? You guys were inside the whole time anyway, so I don't want to hear it. Um, man, what a win. What a way to go out um, for this season in Notre Dame Stadium. And, and, you know, we spent a lot of time last night as a team talking about what an opportunity we get to perform one more time as, as this team in Notre Dame Stadium is a special place. And, and our performance hasn't always reflected that way. And I wanted to make sure we finished this season and this last opportunity the right way. And, uh, you know, I should start by, you know, saying thank you for, you know, the people to help make this this opportunity happen. I mean, the, the snow, the guys that were working to clean it up, to the students that were there that stayed in, in this weather condition. Um, it was this was my toughest game in terms of weather conditions, playing or coaching. And so the people that stayed, the the 
the fans, man, the students and the people that work here is, have been unbelievable. Um, as far as the game, um, obviously it it went really well. You know, the ability to run the ball offensively early in the game and really Drew, I thought, started off the game really pretty good, you know, and taking advantage of the opportunities that he had. Um, Isaiah Foskey breaks the sack record, which is huge when you think about the elite pass rushers we've had in the history of Notre Dame football. Michael Mayer breaking another record um, today at home was was huge. And then, you know, Ben Morrison, three interceptions. You no, know, he finds a way. He keeps finding a way. He's a talented young man. And uh, I thought Logan Diggs had a really good day on offense. I think he had 100 and some plus yards rushing the ball. So, Overall performance-wise was really, really um, pleasing. And as I told them, let's enjoy this tonight, but we know what we have coming up next week. We had a great opportunity um, and a great challenge. And so, you know, enjoy tonight, and let's get ready to go back to work tomorrow. So with that, I'll open up for questions. Third row on your uh, left, sorry, deeper. Hey, Coach. Um, could you put into words just how much your team has grown since the start of the year? You know what? <laughs> Are we playing better? Yes. Um, I think at some point after season, we'll go back and reflect and say, okay, where did we start to hear right now? We're just in the moment. And, um, but they are performing and playing at such a higher level, I'm sure, than we did at the, the start of the year. But it goes back to the leadership, those seniors, those guys that are captains. And, and you know what? They could easily started blaming and complaining and pointing fingers. Those guys looked at themselves and said, we're going to work. And they drugged everybody with them. And, and that's the sign of a, a team that's led by its, its seniors and its leaders. And uh, there was no other option in our program. There was no other option. You know, I can get up there as a head coach and say, this is what we're doing. But until it's implemented by the leaders on your team, um, you know, that that's such a strong statement in terms of their type of leadership. And so I'm proud of the way they've led our program. Early in the year, you guys struggled to create turnovers. Now it seems like you're doing it quite a lot. You have five, I think, today. I mean, what's going into that? You know, it, it. Gosh, I've been on, I've been a defensive coordinator plenty of times where you you stress turnovers and takeaways, and it never happens. Um, but you keep going. You keep going. You don't get flustered. You you challenge everything, right? You find a better way. And I think um, you're seeing it happen in bunches now. Right. And it's starting to happen and, and go. And so our guys are taking advantage of their opportunities, you know, and, and maybe those opportunities that Ben had today might have been drop passes early in the year. We're taking advantage of our opportunities. And, uh, you know, again, it's, it's still a point of emphasis in practice. It has never changed. And that's probably a, that's going to lead to my next comment of, you know, it's a great, you know, lesson in terms of you can work at something tirelessly and not get the results you want. If you quit, you're never going to get the result. But the defensive staff has continued to work at takeaways, takeaways, and then all of a sudden here it comes in bunches. And so I think it's a great lesson for our entire program that because you work hard doesn't mean you're going to get your reward tomorrow. Continue to do it. Continue to do it. And at some point, it will come. At some point, it will. John Wright, John's on your right, John Bryce. Hey, Marcus. Um, you've referenced the bumpy road. Some of the players, Blake Fisher, have referenced the bumpy road. So – where does that come from? What is that? And and how did especially the early season bumpy road lead to today? Um, for me, it was a it was a, a sermon somebody sent me um, when I was it was after a loss. And, uh, you know, it kind of just hit me and said, OK, the past was talking about the bumpy road to better. And, and, and really what it was, was for us to you know, look at ourselves as a program. I say, OK, we're on this bumpy road, but this bumpy road is life. 
the Bomber Road to Better is life. And it's also a reflection of this season. And it's also a reflection of a game. You know, the ability to handle the ups and downs is, is to me, what makes a person, what makes a team, what makes a life. Um, and, and so I use it over and over just in, in academics, you can be on a bumpy road in the course of a game. You can be on a bumpy road, but it's how you respond to me that really dictates the future. And that's the, the challenge I always have for these guys is, you know what? It's never as you foresee it on the front end. And that's what I said last week, but it's how you respond to the different events that happen to you, no matter how hard you try. You can try as hard as you want, and sometimes you can't control what happens to the events. And so how you respond to those things is really what what defines this football team of this season. And so, you know, as I tell them, I told the seniors last night, this is where this will be lessons that you use when you leave here. We use at the next level in the NFL, you'll use a husband, you'll use as a father. You know, it's never going to be perfect, but the ability to respond and to sustain and keep going after you have those ups and downs is is truly what what will change the future outcomes. So with, with that in mind, then what have you learned about your team on the course of this bumpy road? How is it serving you now? And how does it serve the program moving forward? They're, they're resilient. We got a resilient group of, of leaders. And I think I said this to uh, Zara post game is that this university attracts resilient people. You know, if you're not a resilient person, you're not going to make it here. And, and that's something that I've learned in my short time here. This place weeds non-resilient people out. This, you know, this this university, and it even happens in the football program. If you're not a resilient, a tough-minded person, this probably won't, at some point, won't be the place where you. you'll say, hey, I'm going to go somewhere else. And, and But that's what this place, this university attracts, resilient people. And we're fortunate we get to coach great football players that are resilient people. And so uh, I think that's a reflection of this university. And then staying in the front, Marcus, I know you guys have had some of these games in, last week in particular where you win, maybe feel like you should have won by more. So I guess what's the significance both for you and the team to get out to the lead you did and then kind of leave no doubt in the second half? Yeah, I was thinking about you when I addressed them halftime. I said, listen, I'm tired of getting up there post game and they saying you guys aren't a sec. You played to your competition. You guys came out to a 30 point lead, whatever. I said, I, I want listen, you help me answer these questions after the game. It's going to be about the decisions that we make and how we go perform. And, and, you know, as a head coach, you just sit there and you say, OK, what didn't I say or what didn't I do last week? You always look at yourself. You know, and as a leader and say, okay, what didn't I do to prepare them for the second half? I said maybe it was a second half team. I said they're never going to quit, but we didn't perform to the level. And so we tried different things this week. We tried to show them the film. We tried to, you know, truly get them to see. I thought last week was the first time we truly took our foot off the pedal a little bit. And what in turns happens is you don't you physically box somebody and they beat you on a block and they make a play. And that's what I mean when you take your foot off the pedal, like you're not as physical as you want. We didn't tackle well in the second half because I think we took our foot off the pedal. And this was a challenge today to say, listen, let's go out in the second half and truly continue to pull as hard as we can and can go as hard as we can. And, um, you know, I think they really did. And, you know, in the fourth quarter, we got some guys that haven't played a lot of football in the game, but the ability to hold that team to zero points was was huge. And then run game, how much of an emphasis was it coming in to like get that part of something that's been such a big part of your identity is back in a groove and especially in the manner that you did it? Yeah, it's funny. Um, 
I kind of do my Friday keys to victory um, before Friday. And one of my keys, it said, run the ball or make them pay. What happens if a team doesn't let you run the ball? They bring nine guys in a box. You got to make them pay. They're playing zero and they're pressuring and we got to throw the ball. And then I go into the offense unit meeting and it said, Tom, Coach Reese said something about, we, we're going to run the ball. There's no other option. And I said, you know what? That's right. And so we went to the Friday night meeting. I said, listen, we're going to run the ball and make them pay. Right. And and we had to run the ball. I don't care what they were playing defensively. I don't care if they brought everybody they had, similar to Navy. I said, we're going to have to find a way to run the ball. And I think it's a mental challenge to our guys that, you know what? Somebody's going to have to beat a block. Somebody's going to have to beat a tackle. Right. They might have one more hat in the box, but we got to beat them. And, and we everybody's got to do their job. And it's a mentality. And, you know, the ability to run for 100 and shoot, I don't know how many total yards we had today rushing, but. How much? Ooh. It's pretty good. <laughs> the ability to rush for 281, you know, that's that's pretty good. And they stepped up to the challenge. Um, Marcus, you mentioned, you, you touched on um, Isaiah Vosky breaking the record. Um, Obviously, he came back to try to win a national championship, but for him to still accomplish that before he got, before he leaves, just how important is that big is that? It's, you know, it's a reflection of so many things. He didn't come back just to break the record. He came back to win a national championship, just like you said. And you know what? He didn't win a national championship this year. But I, what he did for this program and what those seniors did for this program, to me, will will be the reason why we do win a national championship here in the upcoming future. And so, you know, I told those guys last night in our last meeting, their senior meeting, is just thank you because they built the foundation they really have built the foundation of what is to come. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad he got a personal achievement, but what he did for this program in terms of those seniors, it was, it's going to be really impactful. Back down in front on your left, Tyler Borka. Marcus, obviously you've mentioned the, the senior leadership a lot and kind of crediting that for the turnaround of the season. But I'm curious what a guy like Michael Mayer has meant to the locker room and, and just being here. Obviously, it seems like every time – we're here, we see a record go up on the screen, but the guy in the locker room and what he means to have a, a guy of that stature at this program, what, what does it mean to you? It's, it's, you know, I've, I said this before, when your best player is one of or the hardest worker, that's the, the ultimate, ultimate example, right? Is when you can point and say, this is our best. Everybody knows it. And it's not a, you know, probably the most dominant player we have is Michael Mayer. And, uh, but they also can watch him in practice and say, okay, he works as hard as anybody in this program. To me, that is the the ultimate example, and that's who he is. He's a captain as a junior. Um, you know, he's he's a great leader, leader by example, leader by his words, and he is an unbelievable football player. So it's been amazing to have him here, and uh, we'll see what the future holds. Uh, to see a guy like Matt Salerno get into the end zone for the first time in his career, he's – Paid his dues. Was that his first time? Huh? Earns his scholarship. Uh, what did that mean to you? And who is Matt Salerno? It seems like he's the ultimate team guy, too. He is. He is. What a resilient guy. Guy that came here on uh, as a walk-on. And it was funny. We we showed a video to the team last night. And his parents had said, you know, they told Matt Salerno, because he was deciding to walk on, they said, pick a school because of your academics, not because of football if you're going to walk on. And that's why he chose Notre Dame. And what a great example for our team, a guy that said, I'm choosing Notre Dame because of what this academic institution will do for my future, but I'm going to bust my tail and pay for school 
and he busted his tail and now he's on scholarship and uh to get his first touchdown that's I'm glad to hear that he deserves it um but he's been a huge addition and just a huge part of the success we've had you know a guy that goes in we, to block sometimes you know we put him in the block and he doesn't bat about bat an eye he goes in there and he does his job and uh selfless man, selfless individual Front row on your right, Pete Samson. You touched on this a little bit, but the ability to sort of play up, not because of the opponent, but play up because that's the standard you've tried to practice at. How significant can that be moving forward, like beyond next weekend, beyond whatever the bowl game is? Play up to your standard, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. yeah to come out and have the performance have nothing to do with the opponent. Yeah. That's what, that's what great teams do. Great teams are able to play to a standard. Right. Great individuals are able to perform to a standard, not to an opponent. Right. Competitors really face they rise to a level of their opponent. But to me, great teams, championship teams, they set a standard saying this is the way we're going to work. There's no other option. This is the way we're going to perform and performance. Somehow, I mean, listen, we all can sit here and say, hey, we're going to perform to this standard and maybe something doesn't go your way. But every day to come into work and say we're going to practice and we're going to work to this standard is something that only great teams do. And uh, it's something we'll continue to strive to be. You had referenced sort of when you put in work, you don't know when you're going to get rewarded. I'm interested, like for you this season, you put in work to get a performance like that. Not really sure when it's going to get. So like, how do you sort of process today in terms of kind of an example of the own lesson, that lesson you're trying to get across to your players? Yeah, you're, For me, it's always trying to better, find a better way to lead. That's what, it, for me, it's like, how do I find a better way to lead to get these guys to prepare better and to perform on Saturdays at a higher level? And um, we'll look back today and look at this past week of, of our preparation. You know, next week's not going to be in a snow game, but two or three days this week, we said we're going to go outside because it's a mentality. We're going to be tough and we're not going to let the weather affect us. And uh, we're just going to continue to find better ways. And that's that's to me what I'm learning is that you don't have a book that says this is the way you lead. Because if you did, everybody would be like, this is the way you lead. And no, it's it's having the ability to maybe have an idea, but also be able to adjust and find better ways to tune it based off your players because each player is different. Each team is different. And so that's what I'm learning is every day, there's got to be a better way to do it. There's got to be a better way to coach. There's got to be a better way to lead these young people. And then last question, um, middle left, second um, Coach, um, you mentioned earlier in the season that uh, Drew Pine's performance wasn't just about him, but, you know, like the offensive line blocking, running backs blocking, Um um, and and also the wide receivers um, running like precise routes. So how important was to you uh, seeing the wide receivers being at the spot where they had to be, especially with these conditions? Yeah, everybody has a role in protecting our quarterback. That's the that's the message I always have for our team. Every coach in our program has a role in protecting that quarterback. That quarterback has a role in making sure he protects his himself the way he throws the ball, the accuracy, the decision-making, but we all have a piece in the offensive line has a, has a role in protecting the quarterback, the running backs, every role, the, the wideouts being exact, not close, exact in their routes. All that stuff has a role in protecting our quarterback. And that's our job is to protect him. And then he's got to perform. He's got to protect himself. He's got to perform, but we all have to make sure we help that guy have success. And how would you describe uh, Gabriel Rubio's um, growth this year? He's a 
he's a tough individual. He is a tough guy. Um, you know, he is high motor, high energy. He's exceeded my expectations from last year. Um, did I think Gabe, Gabe was going to be a good player? Absolutely. I didn't know how soon it was going to be. And um, he's exceeded my expectations. He's been a great addition for this team this year. All right. Thank you, Coach. Thanks, guys. That's Marcus Freeman after the big Notre Dame victory today, 44 nothing over Boston College, the official Notre Dame football postgame show. We'll get Reggie Brooks's uh, thoughts on uh, on what Marcus had to say there. Coming up after this here on Sunny 101.5 and Sports Radio 960 WSBT. This is the official Notre Dame football postgame show on Sunny 101.5 and Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Uh, I'm Jameer Azari, Reggie Brooks with me. Uh, we just heard uh, Marcus Freeman's press conference in the previous segment. Reggie, what did you think? Um, I, I, I definitely agree with Coach Freeman on the importance of resiliency. And, um, you know, things aren't, things are going to go, not always going to go your way, but staying committed, staying consistent, staying persistent. You know, some coach hosts without always tell us is momentum's always coming your way. And what that means is you're going to have things that's going to go against, go against you, but it's how you lock in. How do you, you know, stay disciplined, stay focused that how you're going to get, make it through those difficult times. And, and, and also the importance of, you know, being accountable, you know, and he, he talked about, again, this, you know, Notre Dame is a place that, you know, it demands resilience. It's not an easy place to matriculate through, and you have to have that level of mental toughness um, to to work through difficult times. And and it's in those difficult times. It's not the difficult times that breaks you. It's those difficult times that make you. You know, if if you can, re, if you're resilient, if you're able to weather the storm, you'll come out on the other end in a in a much more positive way. And, you know, and I definitely agree, you know, how the seniors, for them to go out the way that they did, and I touched on it, you know, in this fashion, you know, this is something that they're going to reflect back on for years to come. You know, it's, it, you know, for me, football was a, was a sport, but it was also a brotherhood and a family that you develop. You know, when you go through difficult times with individuals, you know, and this is why I, I, I have to, you know, put this out there. My heart goes out to the the Virginia players that that were killed, and yeah. you know that team that was decimated by that um, horrific act. You know, but in this time, I think this is an opportunity for this team, for that team, to become closer in that tragedy and how you weather those difficult storms. I mean, not saying that a game is like um, you know the, the tragedy there, but it it has an impact because it's not just the game, this is something that's going to affect you and impact you years later in your life. How did you manage those difficult times? And it's, again, that's where you have those transitions in life because being a part of something in the, of, of this magnitude is bigger than yourself. And, and it's important that, you know, you weather this, but also stay committed to the concepts of team, you know, beyond being just a, a team or a player, you become a teammate that 
when you go through life, these are people that, you know, I still keep in touch with a lot of the guys that I played with simply because, you know, we had some difficult times and we had some struggles and we, we lost some players, some, some teammates, you know, and it has an impact on you and how you weather those storms will have an impact on you for years to come. Any, uh, any specific moments that you can draw from we're talking about right now or, uh, Um, I, I would, for me, again, I, I came within a phone call of leaving Notre Dame. I mean, mm-hmm. it was, you know, I wasn't playing. I was, was, you know, frustrated. You know, things weren't going my way. And, you know, I called home and was like, you know, Dad, I'm, I'm, I, I want to come home. And this is my sophomore year. And he was like, no, you made a commitment to that institution. You're going to honor that commitment. And, you know, and I was pretty pissed at my dad, but, you, you know, now I look back and, you know, those difficult times in practice where I was on the scout team and, you know, he, he talked about Matt Salerno and, and you know, being a, a walk-on and how he busted his behind and earned a scholarship. You know, having those similar, you know, I was a scholarship player, but I was on scout team. I was prep team. And you know, you know, you're not where you feel you should be or you want to be, but it's in those difficult situations that when my opportunity presented itself, I was ready. And it, all of that, me being having the senior year that I had, was a direct reflection on those struggles and difficult times that I weathered in practice, where people didn't see the struggles where my teammates were the ones that were there with me and support me and encouraging me said, Hey, you can do this. You can make it through this. You know, it's, it's tough. And you know, when you lose a game, you know, it's tough, but when you learn how to manage disappointment, when you learn how to manage difficult situations, the sooner you can learn that the better off you'll be because it'll make you a better person but also a better teammate. And, you know, and it, and it, that's where championships are won is when individuals become not about themselves, but about the whole. How many times have you thanked your dad for uh, saying, nope, you're not coming home? Oh, my gosh, no. I mean, you know, it was because, <laughs> it, you know, it, it happened. Again, this is back when they didn't have cell phones, so right. you know, you, you, you're making a, a, a long-distance call, and he wasn't. He, he didn't suffer, you know, just sitting on the call. You, you couldn't whine. You just like uh, <laughs> click. So okay, I gotta key. go figure this out. <laughs> yes, and it, you know, it, but again, in that, that challenge, you know, it, it 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 helped me to grow as a person to say, you know, hey, life is not going to always be fair to you in your mind, what you consider fair, but life is going to be life. And, you know, the things that you in- encounter, you know, that, that old adage, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. There, there's a level of truth in that. Mm-hmm. If you can weather some difficult situations again, you know, like I said, it wasn't just, you know, the football that I was struggling with. It's like, you know, classes and, you know, the cultural change, you know, you know, not, I wasn't Catholic when coming to Notre Dame. And it's like a lot of the things that, you know, were impacting me 
were just like right there. And, it, you know, it seems like everything is happening at one time, but it really didn't. It was just a series of things that you feel like the world's coming to an end, but it didn't. And, you know, I survived <laughs> and I moved <laughs> on. And, you know, a lot of these guys will do the same. Absolutely. We've got uh, plenty more still to get through as far as the official Notre Dame football postgame show goes. We've got a, uh, a couple of player press conferences still to go. We've got uh, the opponent's scoreboard to take a look at. Uh, some weird things happening <laughs> happened in college football today, too. It was a real interesting day for, for college football, quite honestly. Uh, and, uh, of course, we've got our players of the game to, uh, to nominate and uh, to decide on as well. So plenty more still to come. It's the official Notre Dame football postgame show presented by St. Joseph Health System on Sunny 101.5 and Sports Radio 960 WSBT. The official Notre Dame football postgame show rolling on. Jim Arizari with Reggie Brooks. Notre Dame beating Boston College Day 44 to nothing. Uh, of course, next week is uh, is the season finale uh, against USC. We'll have that. Uh, we'll have the uh, post game show after that, and of course, all the coverage leading up to that here on uh, on Sports Radio 960 WSBT and Sunny 101.5. So we will have that for you next week. Uh, right now, let's hear from Logan Diggs. He had just a monstrous day today, uh, running the ball. Uh, he had, as I get back to the screen, 15 carries, 122 yards, one touchdown. Here is Logan postgame. Logan, that first touchdown drives, five plays, all carries to you. You get in the end zone. What did, what did that say to you about the confidence that Notre Dame's coaching staff has in you and then also just the, the belief that you guys have to run the football? Uh, I mean, it's, it's just a blessing, you know, if with the coach having that much trust in you, having that much faith in you to keep on going back to you and – the only thing you could do in that situation is continue to execute so you can make sure you keep that trust. What did you think about playing in the snow? It was cold. <laughs> <laughs> it was cold, but, I mean, it was doable. They took care of us on the sidelines. We had the heated benches, the jackets, so I was fine. Second row on your right, How about just the memory, though, overall of it being senior day in the snow? Games like this are not something that's normally happening. It was just, like I said, it was a great experience for, for everybody. Like, you can see the joy that everybody everybody had. Like, we had a, a receiver, a senior go in that cornerback, Greg. And, I mean, everybody was hype. Everybody was happy. It's just, like, you can really see that that love that all of us have for each other, and it, it showed today. And then how about also having a, a really complete performance all the way through? You guys have been up and down in that regard throughout the season. How important was that for the growth of this team to – to really have a full, complete game performance? Uh, it was super important. You know, uh, every week we want to improve. We want to fix what we didn't do well last week. And I feel like today we went out there, we did it. And, you know, going into this week, we got to do the same thing. You know, the job's never finished until, you know, until the season's done. But, I mean, I feel like today we all we all played as one. Down in front on your left, Tyler Horka. First play of the game, 51-yard run. What's going through your mind during that run? Seemed like you didn't want to go down. And then what does that do for you throughout the rest of the game, knowing that you were able to do that that quickly? Oh, it was a really good experience. Uh, it, it's, it was kind of a, a weird experience because, like, 
five people this like this past week been telling me, Logan, I feel like you're gonna have a big one. You're gonna rip a big one. And I was just like, man, I hope so. First play of the game, they blocked it up well. They had the perfect opportunity to go. And when I was running, I was just like, man, I don't want to go down. I want to score this one. But you know, eventually I got to get in the end zone. So that's still a good feeling. Right behind Tyler. Let um could you uh describe how well what, what were your like personal challenges for this game specifically and could you describe also like the bond with uh Chris Tyree and Aldrich please uh I probably would say our challenge as a running back room was first most importantly ball security and making sure that we uh Simon sound protecting the quarterback and protecting the football and second I probably would say you know not letting the cold dictate how we perform. So we had to, you know, you know, just keep on going. We had to keep on playing, keep on playing through whatever condition it was. And we had that mentality of today that, you know, we want to have a, a record-breaking day. And all of us had the opportunity to get in the, in today's zone today. So that was really big for us as a room. And I mean, I, I love those guys. It was both my brothers, they welcomed me with open arms. And, you know, that bond is going to be forever. Second row, middle right, like uh, Mike Bergino. Logan, um, I don't know if you had any connection to Mike Hollins uh, from back home, but the, what happened at Virginia this week? How did that? Uh, was that a point of conversation at all among guys? It just, you know, just it's stunning, but you know, preciousness of life. Yes, sir. Um, Coach Freeman addressed it during the meeting, but I had already seen, you know, seen stuff previous to it, and you know, my condolences go out to that university and and to to those players, and especially to Mike, you know. Uh, I read the story and, you know, he went back in there to to help save lives. So, I mean, that speaks a lot about somebody's character as a man, especially as a young man, knowing that you have a life to live, but you're willing to go out there and put your life on the line for other people. So kudos to him and uh, best wishes and recovery to him. Did you know him at all? Back no, I, I don't really know him. I just knew of him. Yes. And then the other thing would be when the defense gets on a roll like this with takeaways, getting you shorter fields. What is the anticipation like on the sideline? Do you guys start to expect that to happen? Uh, it's going to come to you. Yes, sir. Uh, we have the utmost confidence in, in our defense. And, you know, they have the utmost confidence in us. So they want to go out there and make plays for us. So when they make plays for us, we're trying to go out there, you know, and make plays for them. And it's, it's a two-way road. Down in front, uh, on your left, Patrick Yeah. <laughs> Logan. <laughs> go ahead, <laughs> Logan, what, if anything, kind of felt different maybe this week in practice or in Coach Freeman's messaging as far as wanting to play to a standard or be able to, I guess, put together kind of two halves like you did? Uh, I would say most definitely the energy, you know. The cold can kind of be detrimental sometimes, but we had to bring our own energy. So first day of practice on Tuesday, we went to practice outside in the snow. Wednesday, we practice outside in the snow. We practice outside in the snow and in the cold all week, so – I feel like we were prepared for, for today. And that is Logan Diggs, 15 carries today, 122 yards, and one touchdown to uh, to lead the running attack uh, for the Irish. Uh, Jimmy Rosary with Reggie Brooks. Reggie, uh, as, as a running back, um, I'm sure you can appreciate, you know, kind of the uh, kind of the season that, that – that Logan Diggs has had, he kind of looked like the third guy as far as the uh, the running back trio went. wasn't getting a ton of touches, and all of a sudden, you know, 
here we are. <laughs> As the season has gone on, the workload has gotten bigger, and here he is leading the team in uh, in rushing yards today. And you you look at uh, this young man and just you know had some some injuries early on, you know had to kind of wait and wait and bide his time, and he's done that. He did that last year, and you saw the progression that he had last year um, when you know you had um, you had uh, estim- you had Tyree, but also uh, Kyron Williams, and you've seen him increase his carries over that time period because. Again, you, you you see his style of running. He has the ability to run inside and outside, um, has that burst, has that explosiveness um, as a runner, and he's also good at the backfield. So, you know, this young man, he he, he has a, a, a bright career ahead of him. You know, and one thing about it, you know, he continues to stay healthy. You're going to see a lot of good things out of this young man. You know, sophomore – you know, he, you know, I can see him being more uh, a better player next year. Um, but he's not someone that, you know, you, you don't see him get too high or too low. He doesn't get, you know, overly, you know, excited about things. You can just see as he's talking, he's just like, hey, I'm just here to play. I'm a part of this team. Um, I want to be a teammate. So it, it's. I, I just love his demeanor because it's it's not so – he's not excited about – the things that he's doing is just a part of what he's what his role is, and he you know he's one of those guys that seems to understand his role, and you know and he's there for the team. He wants to make sure that he's doing the best for his teammates, and not so much to be. He's not looking to be seen. He's just looking to do his job. Speaking of uh, of guys who have uh, increased their profile, I guess uh, as the season has gone on. It's definitely been Benjamin Morrison. He had three interceptions today. Uh, just He's just on a defensive tear right now. Uh, he spoke to the media after the game as well. Benjamin, we saw you jump the first one. Did or did you bait him at all on the second one on that fade route? It looked like the first one you were all over him the full time, but the second one looked like on the, on the ball into the end zone. You Well, the first one, I got to get all my credit to my defensive line. Um, without the pressure, that wouldn't have came. Um, so once I saw them get in the backfield, I knew I had to plaster. That's what um, Coach Mickens um, emphasized all week, um, plastering the receiver. So when the quarterback scrambles, I got to make sure I, I'm on my man at all times. Um, and I got, I saw my opportunity. I went and go and went and got and went to go get it. Um, and the second one was just, I just felt the release um, and trusted my instincts and looked back, and there it was. What, what's your thought going through your mind of the third when you see that ball floating in the snow, knowing you have two picks? Um, I didn't really, it didn't really hit me. Uh, I just, I don't know. I know the opportunity. Um, I want to capitalize on it. Ben, Monday threw at you on the, the first play of the game. What does that do as far as a corner's mindset of like, does that kind of jolt you into anything or just like, all right, this is how it's going to be and kind of, raise your urgency a little bit like I guess what does that do when right away you get a target and then you know make it pretty hard for the catch I mean it's fun I mean when you get the first play the ball thrown at you um it's a 1v1 so it's, it's fun I, I love those moments I thrive for those moments um so when that ball was thrown I, I was just I don't know it's, it's, a, it's a fun feeling I love it and then five turnovers what's the feeling now after that compared to maybe some earlier in the year where it was, those were kind of hard to come by and I guess how much of that is just patience maybe 
know when you're doing the right things, maybe sometimes it's not bouncing that way. Well, I feel like that's just a lot on um, my relationship with God because throughout the whole season, um, I've stayed steadfast with him. Um, and he's just, I've prayed for these, these moments. Um, and it's just a testament to just my faith um, and just staying through it throughout the whole season. Cause there could be moments after some games where frustrated, just not getting my opportunity. Um, but I found, I just, it strengthened my faith um, and allowed me just to lean on him even more. And now these moments, so I'm here just glorifying him. What's the most interceptions you've ever had in a game at any level? So I've only had one like in the game or in a game, only one in high school. Um, I didn't play defense um, growing up, like in elementary school, really, I was a running back. Um, so yeah, just one. So this is all new to me, but it's a blessing. What's that like then to to be racking up the INTs here in the last few weeks? Um, it, it's a blessing, as I said. It's just, uh, I don't know. This is all a blessing. Um, having those opportunities and being able to capitalize and capitalize on it is a true blessing. We'll go back all the way to your left second row, Sean Sires. These teams keep throwing at you. Like, do you, do you get surprised that the ball keeps coming your way? No, I don't get surprised. Uh, every single play, you got we have a mindset in the DB room that the ball is coming your way. So no matter what, I'm, I'm always prepared. Um, so when I do get my opportunities, um, I'll be able to take advantage of them. So I, I don't get too surprised because I haven't done anything yet. Um, and I, I just have to keep working. And I guess just how would you summarize a day like you just had? Just fun. I mean, just to have like – a game like that with your seniors, um, like not even talking about my performance, just a, a day like that, like it felt like I was a kid out there and just around a bunch of other like grown kids. So it was, it was a fun, it was just a fun day. Yeah. Staying second row, uh, back to your right, Matt Luck. Uh, hey, Ben, your second game uh, as a freshman with more than one interception. I was just curious, when you go back and look at film, what do you hear from guys like Cam Hart, who are the more experienced guys in the cornerback room after a big game like this? Um, just to stay, stay in the middle. Um, just never allow yourself to get too high or too low. Um, and just know that you got another game next week, but you also got to enjoy the moment. I feel like a lot of people try to move too fast, but y'all, this is a, this is a moment that you don't get this every single weekend. Um, so when it does happen, you, you got to actually like appreciate it and just live in it for a little bit, but know that next week it's on to the next. All right. Thanks, Ben. And that is Benjamin Morrison. Three interceptions today, uh, all part of Notre Dame's 44 to nothing shutout of Boston College. Uh, Reggie Brooks joining me right now. Uh, first of all, they're giving the, they're giving the freshmen some mic time. Well, he's earned it. Absolutely, <laughs> you know, and I, I gotta, <laughs> I, I gotta, I, I gotta give hats off that he continues to kind of, you know, stay consistent in the because again you gotta understand like i said doing interviews is not primarily the focus of any athlete that's not something you know you you're looking to do you right. just want to play the game and mind your business so I, I again this is a true freshman um really showing that you know he's he's up for the challenge and you can tell that he has he's being coached well not not necessarily by, I mean, coach, to play he's being coached well, but also coaching how he presents himself. Um, so I I, I got to give a shout out to old teammate of mine, uh, uh, Daryl Morrison, his dad. You know, this young man is, is very very much um, 
a guy that you want on your team because again, he's it's not about him. He, you know, he's he, again, like you said, he's playing a game, you know, and he maintains that humility. And you can tell that it's genuine. It's not just because he, he's not comfortable being in the in the limelight. He's just like I play a game, and you, you got to love that because it's that level of innocence that it, he still has that at, at this age, and and he's having the success. He's like, hey, I'm just having fun. And you you can't beat that uh, mentality. And uh, hats off to young Ben Morris, Ben Morrison. What's it like when uh, when you realize that the quarterback is throwing the ball to the receiver that you're covering and you're able to pick it off? I do remember again back in my DB days when uh, uh, quarterback when we were playing Michigan night game and throwing the ball to Desmond Howard and he overthrew him and it came right to me. And there's a level of shock at first because when you catch it, it's like, oh wait, what am I? What, what do I do? Oh, oh, I got, I got, the ball. I got to so, run this way. <laughs> yeah, so it's a, it's a, it's it's pretty exciting and and you know you kind of like, oh wow, what should I do? So it's it's uh it's it's again like you said, it's fun and you, you always got to remember you got you're playing a game. You're 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 playing a game. Have too serious. Don't take you know the game too. Serious. You'll be okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can I can I can understand his his uh his way of doing things. Got to give credit to uh to Brian Van Scoyk back in the studio running uh running one of our boards uh at the station for uh, for digging up that little stat for me. Uh yeah, the the uh, the one interception. I mean you were you were you were a uh, a highly efficient two-way player. I did not like playing defense. I wanted to play <laughs> offense um and I played defense because I wanted to get on the field. So sure. that's that's how I was going to get the field. You, you, again, that goes back. You do what you you do what you need to do to be to contribute. Absolutely. Uh, let's see. Plenty more still to come. We've got the opponent's scoreboard to get through, and we've got our players of the game still to get through as the official Notre Dame football postgame show presented by St. Joseph Health System rolls on on Sunny 101.5 and Sports Radio 960 WSBT. And now it's time to see how Notre Dame's opponents fared on today's slate. On the Under Armour opponent scoreboard, of course, Under Armour, the official clothing and uniform providers of Notre Dame athletics. Several teams in the CFP race to get in the top four had their problems today. However, Ohio State will survive, it would appear, against Maryland with under three to play. They are running out the clock. Ohio State with a 33-30 lead at this point, late fourth quarter. Marshall with a 13-3 lead on Georgia Southern. That is in the second quarter. On the 40th anniversary of the one of the most famous finishes in college football history, the big game between California and Stanford, two previous Notre Dame opponents this year is underway. Stanford currently with a 10-6 lead in the second. North Carolina at the half leads Georgia Tech 17-7. BYU had their problems with Utah Tech earlier today. However, though, they are on the verge of closing out a 52-26 victory with under a minute to play in the fourth. Coming up at 11 p.m. tonight, UNLV takes on Hawaii. Syracuse takes on Wake Forest. That's an 8 p.m. kickoff. Clemson has just defeated Miami 40-10, and Navy 
gets by UCF 17-14 to earlier today. And, of course, the nightcap, USC takes on UCLA. That is an 8 p.m. start time. And, of course, speaking of Notre Dame-USC, the Battle of the Jewel Chilele, after this final timeout, we will wrap it up. Jim and Reggie will take a look to Notre Dame-USC. After this final timeout, you are listening to the official Notre Dame football postgame show presented by St. Joseph Health System on Sunny 101.5 and Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Wrapping up the official Notre Dame football postgame show presented by St. Joseph Health System. Jim Arizari with Reggie Brooks. Time to uh, time to get our players of the game real quick. Um, you you set forth the rule that it needs to be a senior because obviously it's senior day. Uh, Matt Salerno with a uh, with a touchdown catch today. Uh, had a big punt return too for 28 yards. That uh, if it weren't for the turf monster, he would have had two touchdowns today. Uh, Isaiah Foskey. Okay. Uh, sack and a uh, fumble recovery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Setting the uh, setting the sack. And record. then so, and then uh, Jack Kaiser four tackles, a sack, and a forced fumble. Mm-hmm. And he was he was Johnny on the spot. Um, and again, I you know technically Isaiah can come back if he wanted to, mm-hmm. but Jack is a graduate senior, and I also had to put in there uh, Jared Patterson. You know, like I said, they did not give up a sack, and Jared Patterson, graduate student, did a great job. But I, I'm this this defense pitched a shutout. I'm going to go with Jack Kaiser. You know, okay. senior, uh, definite last year. He's out of here and went out. He's going out in style. Yeah, not a bad way to go, right there. Four tackles, uh, a sack, uh, a forced fumble. A uh, pretty solid day for the uh, for the senior linebacker. So, Jack Kaiser, our player of the game today. Next week, last game of the season, uh, last game of uh, you know before the bowl game anyway, um, against USC, the the hated Trojans. If uh, if I'm estimating correctly, right, Reg? Yes, you are. You are estimating okay. <laughs> quite correctly. Quite correct. Uh, of course, UCL, uh, USC and UCLA, uh, that game going on, I believe, uh, actually They kick off tonight. Uh, yeah, I think it's starting, a little lighter. Yeah, starting here, uh, not not too far off, actually. So, uh, yeah, I think it starts at 7 o'clock, our, our time, 8 o'clock Eastern. Okay. So, right. um, it's, it's coming. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, how... Like a couple of weeks ago, or at least you know when when we were looking when we were looking far ahead, you know, back when, back when you know it, it felt like the whole you know the, like the sky was falling uh, on Notre Dame football. <laughs> uh, uh, how big of a win would it be to to go into to the Coliseum and just whip USC's butt? Oh my gosh! There are no words. There are literally no <laughs> words for just how beautiful that would be. Because again, like I said, you know, 
you know, they find a way to beat UCLA tonight and they go into that game with an outside chance. Mm-hmm. Not a great chance, but an outside chance of making the playoffs. You know, because you, you look at it, um, you know, they'll be the top team in, in the Pac-12. So that that's, you know, they're going to definitely get some votes there. And again, you got USC, I mean, uh, Ohio State and Michigan play that week too. So mm-hmm. there's an opportunity, you know, at least in their mind, hey, if we, you know, we we, we beat USLA, UCLA, come back, beat a Notre Dame, they'll be primed to make a jump because one of the two, Michigan or Ohio State, is going to lose that game, yeah. and that opens the door for for them. And and having come off beating two ranked teams, whoever you know that that puts them in a great situation. So for us to come into that game and spoil their their uh, their season, which that's what <laughs> what it would do, it would definitely spoil their season, and it gets no better than that. Anytime you can spoil USC season, it's a beautiful thing. What what did I say? This could be a really fun uh, end of the year. This could be a really fun way to, for Notre Dame to play a spoiler. <laughs> when, I, when I first said that, what was that? Like maybe like three weeks ago or so? This, this could be a really fun way to be a spoiler. Uh, yeah, going out and, and knocking USC out of title contention. Mwah! Chef's kiss. That, it, it gets no better than that. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, a late night for us next week, but uh, hopefully a uh, hopefully it'll be a good late night for us. Uh, exactly. Hopefully yeah. it'll be worth it. <laughs> yep. I will. Uh, I will talk to you then, sir. Sounds good. Appreciate you, and go Irish. And that is a wrap for this week. Notre Dame beating Boston College 44 to nothing on Senior Day here at Notre Dame Stadium. This has been the official Notre Dame football postgame show presented by St. Joseph Health System on Sunny 101.5 and Sports Radio 960 WSBT. See you this has been the official Notre Dame football postgame show presented by St. Joseph Health System. Brought to you by Coca-Cola, Sirius XM, Chili's, Papa Vino's, South Bend Orthopedics, South Bend Airport, West Bend Insurance, Centier Bank, and ABC 57 News. Also by Pet Refuge, Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger, OSMC, and the Food Bank of Northern Indiana.